It's February 24th, 2024. I'm currently out of ammo and I need some more. I'm Jorge. And I'm your local Russian-Israeli dual citizen, Savannah. And you're listening to Just Plebs. This is episode 18. Thanks for that. That might have been too long of an intro. We'll let it play out. That's okay. That's fine. That ending's new. It's because I did a longer clip. Ah, it's fun. Royalty-free music. Uh, Well... Initially, we, we were all curious about the executive border that was going on. Or the executive... Ah, that's what the title should have been. Executive border? The executive border, for sure. That's oh, what it should that have That works. Been. That does work. Um, but nothing really happened. They're all on vacation. They're on a recess. They're on a recess. Yeah. They're taking a break. That's right. They're all on the beach. But what currently is the situation is that we definitely don't see um, the the local Ukrainians taking a break. That's that's really be the case. There they don't get vacation. There's no vacation time no when you're PTO in PTO. There no PTO. No, that's right. Uh, where do you want to start then on this? Because this is uh it's getting interesting in terms of of the t- the timely death of a of a journalist. Apparently, I, I didn't know that he was a blogger. He's not like a he just wrote poorly. Yeah, he about was just Putin. very outspoken against Putin. Yeah, I think in his policies. Sure. And sure. him as a person. Him as a person. He just didn't like the guy. He didn't <laughs> no. like his dome. He was a cr- critic. Yeah. Harsh critic, apparently. But the timely death uh, couldn't couldn't have been better uh, with, with this current situation that, that our president uh, brought in to, to express some very important news uh, because of Navalny's disappearance or death. To Putin's brutal war of conquest in response to uh, Alexei Navalny's death. Because, make no mistake, Putin is responsible for Alexei's death. He is responsible, as we all know. Uh, If Biden says, so it shall be. Exactly. That Mm -hmm. is a good point, Savannah. Uh, To some extent, we are seeing, uh, or not to some extent, we are seeing 500, to the full extent, (laughs) we are seeing 500 new sanctions against Russia following Navalny's death. Every single news report is saying that, by the way. Yeah, Biden says 600, though. Oh, really? Yeah, he must have come up with an extra 100. Oh, that sounded better. Correct. Well, where do you want to start from that? Because this is fascinating. Well, I mean, we could just introduce it. Well, we're going to talk about the sanctions, obviously. Yes. I'm I'm being being polite. Okay, let's do do one of my clips. Let's do... That's why I'm asking. um, Let's start with CBS. Which one? Russia sanctions CBS. I don't know how to better title The United title States them. has issued its largest sanctions. No, you that just seemed you, pretty no, clear. it's not that. No, you said CBS. Yeah, Russia sanctions the topic. CBS the source. The United States has issued its largest sanctions package against Russia since Moscow invaded Ukraine two years ago. The Biden administration on Friday imposed more than 600 sanctions targeting Russian companies, financial systems, and... Wait, was this the clip that I asked you to clip? No, uh, well, no, this is the clip that we listened to and then we later went and clipped This is thievery. This was my clip. All right, that's fine. ...business leaders. The sanctions also go after three individuals the U.S. believes are connected to the death of opposition leader Alexei Navalny, who died in a Russian prison last week. CBS News senior White House and political correspondent Ed O'Keefe has more. Make no mistake, Putin is responsible for Alexei's death. The sweeping sanctions unveiled by President Biden include penalties on those specific individuals who ran the Arctic penal colony, where detained opposition leader Alexei Navalny died one week ago. We in the United States are going to continue to ensure that Putin pays the price for his aggression abroad and repression at home. 
In total, there are roughly 600 new sanctions on individuals and entities in Russia and 11 other countries, including China, Serbia, and the United Arab Emirates. These sanctions, these restrictions have had a significant impact on, uh, on Russia, both in its uh, ability to uh, prosecute its aggression, but even more, we see that they're, they're going to have a growing and long-term impact on Russia, its ability to modernize uh, its industries. But CBS News contributor Samantha Vinograd says sanctions so far haven't been effective, in part so, because Putin has maintained strong financial... So I think that was Blinken, Anthony Blinken, in that clip, saying that Russia, it, it's had an effect on Russia's economy, which is the point of the sanctions. Yep. And then the the reporter said, but it's somebody else, another reporter... This last bit. O'Keefe? Yeah. Said another reporter, Samantha something, said there's been no effect in Russia. Serbia and the United Arab Emirates. These sanctions, these restrictions have had... Also, all the titles, this was the only news source that we found that is uh, not only saying Russian, but as well as uh, Chinese, UAE, and Serbia, right? Um, that that yeah. it's not just the one, it's not the one Putin state... That's, uh, well, no, that's it's, given sanctions. It, yeah, so it, for context, there have been other sanctions on Russia before this one. Mm -hmm. I think there's like 4,000 at this point. Right. It's the most sanctioned country in the world. Um, and those have not one. done anything mm -hmm. to affect the economy in a negative way. Right. Because, and I, I think they'll maybe touch on this later, there's been ways that Russia has been able to get around it through trades with other countries. So these new sanctions will... Um, affect the other countries that have been backdoor trading with them. May I continue? Yeah. Significant impact on uh, on Russia, both in its uh, ability to uh, prosecute its aggression, but even more, we see that they're, they're going to have uh, a growing and long-term impact on Russia, its ability to modernize uh, its industries. But CBS News contributor Samantha Vinograd says sanctions so far haven't been effective in part because Putin has maintained strong financial ties with countries that have kept the war machine functioning. While U.S. sanctions are designed to have an impact over time to trickle down in the Russian economy, what's happening now is more important. Ukraine is poised to run out of ammunition, and Russia has enough money to keep fueling its war machine at least in the near term. Biden administration... There it is. There's the plea for the foreign funding bill. That's right. Short-term solution, right? Short-term solution for long-term benefits. Trickle down in the Russian economy. What's happening now is more important. Ukraine is poised to run out of ammunition, and Russia has enough money to keep fueling its war machine at least in the near term. Biden administration officials say it is weakening the Russian economy, is weakening the Russian military because it's forcing them to have to make end runs around these restrictions and ultimately they believe will contribute to a deterioration of the Russian economy over the next several years. Meantime, President Biden... Well, actually, it, I, so the Russian sanctions are one thing. Yeah. Um, do, so did they specify... So did they go into the topic that they need more ammunition as well? Well, they just mentioned right there. They just mentioned it right there. Okay. Yeah. So then I'll play the ABC sanctions and see what they say because it's it's slightly shittier. Well, okay. So uh, wait, uh, there's a couple seconds left in this oh. one. I don't know if it's this one where they mention the timeline that Ukraine needs. Oh, just okay. play this last couple. Is seconds. again calling on Congress to approve aid for Ukraine. Lawmakers in Ukraine today warned if it isn't done within the next year, 
it's very likely Ukraine could lose the war. Okay, sure. Yeah, they're, they're so get, it, yeah. Ukraine is saying if they don't get the funding bill passed in the next year, apparently mm-hmm. they have a year. I thought it was only a few months. They few said months it recently. Ago. <laughs> yes, a few months ago. So apparently they get they have a year that they need that funding by. Out of all the, uh, you know, I hate saying this, but as, uh, out of all the MSM uh, news sources that we get, it, it's very compelling to see that this has been the only one that has actually not a not given in like a it's still targeting at at what we should do and pulling out the heartstrings but it's at least saying it's not just a russian sanction that's going to be put over it it's yeah several other news sources say very differently so here's abc tonight president biden ordering my clip by the way i'm just i'm just uh, okay okay just just saying this was under your flash right i'm very thankful you you clipped it but um mine Tonight, President Biden ordering the largest round of sanctions against Russia since the war began. I'm announcing more than 500 new sanctions in response response to Putin's brutal war of conquest. They target Russian financial and military institutions and those suspected of involvement in the death of Alexei Navalny. Russia is now the most sanctioned country. It's also funny that that, we talked about this just off air, um... It's also funny that when she, when Navalny died, the wife was already in a conference in Munich, a securities conference in, in Munich, Germany, mm-hmm. and then spoke on behalf. We didn't clip it because at this point it's just a little late in the game to be clipping that. Um, but it's just fascinating. The, the timing, again. Well, that's, yeah, that's still when don't the news know came in. Right. Um, anyway, it just. All well, it was a very it was a very fast response well, to a and she gave a speech about it, but it was very. It's very quick to it have received like, the news out of the blue and then write this very composed speech and like it feels be very, able to do publicity about it. It feels very targeted in the sense that uh, to some people, especially I've known people that that are like big Navalny supporters, but um, but it's very interesting to see the the sort of change up in the running out of. Cer- are you just burping? We are. This is the first time we're recording together in a bit. Don't look and, at me and every, I'm trying not to, if I'm being honest with you. I'm trying to you're, be... You're stepping away from the mic left and right. It's like you can't sit still in yeah, your I'm chair. Yeah, I'm trying not, not to have it pick up anything. That's oh, annoying. How graceful. Well, anyway, uh, regardless, um, the timing of, of Navalny's death and... He's still burping? Oh, my God. <laughs> I have to yawn. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, is very is very well put. And it, it only exacerbates the, the need for... Um, it just... It feels like... It feels like... It feels like embers to like start more fires essentially his his reported death his reported death like they're just okay. running out of shit to say well sure <laughs> and okay yeah it, it feels like they're just running out of stuff to to sort of convince the public that we need to fund them because quite frankly i mean most americans by the general sense are, are questioning why we're we're aiding a country uh, in, in this, well, in this I mean, yeah, they were doing that with the, the whole question of then funding Israel too, and then why are we funding two wars? The need, right? the need to 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 pay off the military industrial complex complex has never been stronger. <laughs> that's 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 very evident so far, and and we'll get more into it, I suppose, as we're as we're playing along. Yeah. Also, I'm curious. I don't know the answer to this, but how long does it take to construct um, uh, sanctions, like a sanction package? How long does that I take to know. put together? This is something that should have. Because this is a very fast response. I, yeah, right. Sure. For five, six hundred. And like all of a sudden, sanctions? it triggered it. Navalny's de- right. 
Yes, that's so a good point. So where they, they just have I, it put when, together. When and you read it waiting? over too, it is it is a it is I mean it's five hundred sanctions, but it's a list of very specific manufacturers, mm-hmm. very spe- uh, specific suppliers, even U.S. suppliers, people, people, uh, mostly suppliers though, mostly manufacturing like weapons, arms, and aerospace manufacturers. You're killing me. Stop looking at me. Oh my god. Um. So yes, you're right. It is it is very timely in terms of, in terms of uh. Um, in terms of what they'll receive of sanctions, so it's we'll very go, detailed. We'll go into it. it. It's it's very interesting. Uh, I'll keep playing this ABC sanction one on Earth. ABC. But Putin's war economy has survived and even grown, bolstered by its energy revenues and trade with China. In Ukraine today, thank you so much. Thank you. Majority Leader Chuck Schumer signaling U.S. support and trying to put pressure on Republicans to pass a sixty billion dollar military aid bill blocked in the House. What material difference is this aid going to make on the battlefield? Well, it's winning and losing. You have the aid, Ukraine will win. If the United States abandons Ukraine, it will say to every ally, you can't trust the United States anymore. Except Israel. (laughs) Sure. That's a good way of saying it. Yeah, that's pretty fun. It's, yes. Um, Okay, so we finished that. Is there something specific you wanted to play? You got a well, few Russian. Well, wait, can we I didn't... comment on what Schumer said? Yeah, go. Yes, please. So he said without this aid, the foreign funding, $60 billion package aid, Ukraine will not win. Mm-hmm. So that would imply with the aid, Ukraine would win. Uh, I guess we want, I want to move on uh, to some, uh, again, pulling the hearts, heart, the heartstrings uh, of ammo shortages. Uh, and we just need to keep funding them, right? So that's that's the theme we're trying to continue on with the show. Uh, so I got ABC and CBS and then another CBS clip. All of them same, but different. Tomorrow marks two years since Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine and both sides appear determined to fight on. The UK Defense Ministry says Russia is intensifying its attacks across several points on the front lines after taking control of a key city. The offensive comes as Ukraine is facing a potentially catastrophic shortage of air defenses and ammunition. After holding off Russia's initial assault on the capital of Kyiv, Ukraine's counteroffensive did lead to some gains, but ultimately it failed to cut off Russia's land bridge to southern Ukraine, and now U.S. officials are painting a dire picture if Congress fails to pass additional funding for Ukraine's fight. We have full coverage of the war in Ukraine as we mark these two years since Russia's invasion. Our foreign correspondent James Longman has the latest. Ukrainian commanders with a... Excellent sound, by the way, just to let you know we're in war. This sounds like a video game. Yeah, dude. Russia is on the brink of a major offensive on multiple fronts. You hear that? Across the east. Our foreign correspondent James Longman has the latest. Ukrainian commanders with a stark warning. Russia is on the brink of a major offensive on multiple fronts across the east. Bombing Kramatorsk following their takeover of the town of Adivka. Regaining ground lost in Ukraine's counteroffensive last summer. Russian President Vladimir Putin with his top general surveying the territory won back, congratulating the troops and urging them on. Almost two years into this war, Ukraine says it's outmanned and outgunned. Digging trenches as the Russians close in, military aid on hold, blocked by Republicans in the U.S. House. And with new U.S. sanctions looming after the death of Putin's fiercest critic, Alexei Navalny. Just just, just the need to press that it's Republicans' fault, which I guess in this case they're right. Well, yeah, it, it it's... Okay, well, we kind of talked about this last 
episode. Uh-huh. But it passed in the Senate. Okay, not Republicans' fault. They voted for it. Now it's in the House. They're on a recess. But uh, Speaker Johnson doesn't want to present it to the floor. But it's also been talked about in media, and I think we showed clips last week, that it's suspected that this bill is going to be dead on arrival. Nobody's going to vote for it anyways. So it's not just Republicans. Right. I mean, I, I don't know if they're like, you know, because they need, I think it's a two-thirds vote they need. So sure, you could phrase it Republicans would hold it up. But there's got to be Democrats in there too. Yes. Like, And also, are we the only ones? Is the U.S. the only one who can provide military aid? I will get there. Okay. Okay. I will express some stuff, but. I need to finish sort of the, again, I think our initial point and in, in sort of our purpose of the show is to try to explain, not we don't always do a good job at it, uh, try to explain how the media shows a certain, certain context and or how it is spun up to potentially make you feel like you need to buy now uh, into, your, into the yeah. product that they're selling. So we have Ukraine outmanned, outgunned by ABC, and then we get the ammo shortage from CBS. This one's short, way shorter than this. Ukrainian one. President Volodymyr Zelensky sounded the alarm today about Ukraine's shortage of ammunition to fight off the Russian invasion. He said Russian troops are taking advantage of U.S. delays in providing more military aid to Ukraine. President Biden again today criticized House Republicans for refusing to approve his request of $60 billion in military and economic assistance to Ukraine. <laughs> Come on, guys. Just <laughs> All I need is $60 billion. <laughs> Okay, if you can't give us money now, okay, fine. Give us a credit. Give us half. Give us give us a credit and we'll pay it back after the war. <laughs> now, here is CBS with NATO training and funding, right? So this uh, in previous uh, in a previous clip we just played about how uh, the potential land bridge is being broken off by Russians, uh, we now get the biggest and largest military exercise uh, that NATO does every year. This is not exactly a new thing. That, but the news titles say otherwise of like largest NATO exercise, and then that's it. Now, right odd. here, to military planners, the Savalki Gap is NATO's Achilles heel. Just 40 miles separates the Russian enclave of Kaliningrad and Putin allied Belarus. If the Kremlin launched an incursion here, it would cut off the Baltic states from other NATO countries. And troops are preparing for any eventuality, says Lieutenant Colonel Timothy Decker. We remain uh, engaged in our training uh, to develop our tactical proficiency and, uh, you know, remain a lethal force that is capable of uh, deterring aggression. At the same time, I keep thinking if if that Tucker Carlson interview is accurate, if, if, if it is accurate in the sense that all Putin wants is just an agreement that we won't cross certain lines. Mm-hmm. Then why, why the, so the, the continuation of, of fear mongering that they're going to come at any second and we might as well prepare for it. Yeah. It kind of feels eventual or uh, they're inevitable, inevitable. And we might as well, you know, try our shot. Best of luck type, type scenario. Just prep. Don't just even prep. Don't even try for negotiation, yeah. discussion, uh, dialogue between the two. So it, 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 because clearly he's willing to talk to people. The Minsk, he was willing to talk to the Tucker Minsk Carlson. Accords, as he mentioned, and that's always been cited, is that that was a potential deal that was broken up by the British Prime Minister at that time, uh, Boris Johnson. 
who went into Ukraine and, and uh, said, no, we will back you in this military operation. You won't be left behind. Go to war with Russia and, and, and the U.S. And, and Europe will back you. Um, inevitably, we're still in this war today and it costs plenty of lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, if we just lay down the lines of what an agreement might be, we could have peace for once, right? But that's not in their interest because you'll hear the next segment. But that training could be in jeopardy with the Ukraine funding package stalled in Congress. The U.S. Army has been footing the bill, not just for exercises like these, but training and supplying Ukrainian forces. Worst case scenario, we're, we're, we're out of funds by the summertime. That's their fault, though. But because I because it, what it sounds like to me is that they're not budgeting in a Ukrainian fund. This is just the funds that they have. Yeah. And then they're allocating whatever was meant for which they're going to go into Europe and Africa. Um, and now they're making those budgets shorter or smaller and then giving that to reallocate to, to reallocate to Ukraine. So now they need to replenish that because they've overspent their budget I mean, for the wars year. always overspend, though. Sure. U.S. Army, Europe, and Africa spokesman Colonel Martin O'Donnell. How crucial is it right now? There's a lot of risk uh, right now. Uh, if we don't get money, uh, what we do, uh, what the U.S. Army does on two continents and Europe and Africa and what we do to support Ukraine, uh, it's at risk. That fundamental, that's the bottom Fu- line. Fundamentally, yes, absolute risk. Colonel O'Donnell told us if that Ukraine funding package is not approved soon, the U.S. Army in Europe will run out of money as early as May or June. That will severely impact not only the flow of weapons to Ukraine, but critical U.S. Army operations throughout this region. So it's not only Ukraine that will suffer if we don't fund. Yeah, no, it's more. Europe and the African continent will suffer as well. Also Which the, makes it much more dire, right, to the, the portrayal at least, right? Well, yeah, and that timeline, now this isn't in, it's not a consistent timeline that's being spoken about. They're saying early summer. That's like mm-hmm. four months away. Mm-hmm. But in the CBS clip, they said as early as a year. Oh, that's a good point. I missed that. Yeah. So I think they'd have a clear idea, having been at war for two years, about mm. how long their supplies are going to last. Based off of how it's been doing over the last two years. The one thing that is very interesting of this whole segment that we're trying to do, and I, and I think we got the basis covered. We need funding, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's a good way of, of analyzing all new sources that they've portrayed. Some have been a little more accurate than others. Um, however, no one's really taken into account that potentially there's no one left in Ukraine to fight. Yeah. And we'll go to Reuters. <laughs> As Ukraine enters a third year of war, the 59th Infantry Brigade is facing a bleak reality. It's running out of soldiers and ammunition. Soldiers. I mean, yes, the ammunition yeah, can be re- but you can't replace over. a person. <laughs> you can, though. You, you can, could ship U.S. forces over there. Sure, you can get private sector, but that's that won't happen. Uh. Reuters reporters spent two weeks near the front line ahead of the February 24th anniversary speaking to more than 20 soldiers and commanders. While still motivated to fight the Russian invaders, they described the challenges of holding off a larger and better supplied enemy. One of them is a company commander who goes by the call sign Limousine. We have a big problem with manpower. We simply lack men. 
People have lost their enthusiasm, which they had at the beginning of the full-scale invasion. We need big reinforcements. Many people here are tired. Another commander estimated that just 60 to 70 percent of the several thousand men in the brigade at the start of the conflict were still serving. The rest had been killed, wounded or signed off. I don't even buy those numbers. You know? No, because as we've mentioned before, Seymour Hirsch, my guy, she's still burping. We should have a burp count. We're at 10 now. This I is pathetic. Soda before this. I'm sorry. Well, anyway, um, Seymour Hirsch definitely went into the numbers of how many how many Ukrainians probably died. And, and it's taken into account now, not, I don't know the exact numbers. Maybe we should try for once to put um, a, a potential summary of uh, Seymour Hirsch and all the other sources that we get into the into the show notes. Are you done burping? I'm trying to talk to you. Stop looking at me. Well, and I'm asking you a question. it won't bother you because you won't hear it through the mic. I know. I, I'm it, being I'm, considerate So here. what did I say? Um, you, you want to include a little excerpt of Seymour Hirsch and different sources in the show notes for each episode. Bingo. The updates. It. Nice. I can listen you and can burp listen. at the same time. You can burp at the same time. True talent master. Um, Thank you. Thank no, you. But in terms of that, they've lost more men than I think, I, I believe Seymour Hirsch said at least... Um, it, at this case, sixty-seven percent still exist, which is such a weird way of saying it. Um, sixty-seven percent of the men in that brigade still exist or are still alive and and well, still serving, still, still serving. Actively. Thank you. Yes, still serving. But that that seems like a very positive spin. That that don't then that means that twenty-three percent of the soldiers. No, are, it's sixty-two seventy. Oh, it's not sixty-seven. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, sixty-two seventy are That's still serving. That's quick math, though. Yeah, that was also good. it was wrong. Yeah. It would be 37% Damn left. It. Keep playing the clip. <laughs> Our guys are now spending more time in the trenches and on positions. You can see yourself what the weather's like. Rain, snow, rain, snow. As a result, people simply get ill with flu or angina. They're out of action for some time and there is nobody to replace them. In December, Putin ordered Russia's forces to be increased by 170,000 troops to 1.3 million. Ukrainian officials have said their armed forces number around 800. Um, 800,000. What? You're pointing at something. 800,000 remain? Yeah, currently they have 800,000 Ukrainian troops left. Left. And uh, Russia sent another 100,000 to make it over a million. <laughs> so even if we sent you know however many billion dollars to ukraine for ammo can how long can eight hundred thousand men last against a million men sure and that's also assuming the numbers are accurate yeah but i mean ukraine is a significantly smaller country than russia of course so of course their population is significantly smaller yes so that doesn't seem sustainable no it doesn't but it it's phrased very nicely if we approve this money ukraine will win yes but we get an honest truth um, from, we talked about her and it was a very poor way of explaining Victoria Newland. Uh, it was very muddled like this current recording is. Uh, but Victoria Newland came in uh, on CNN, who's uh, Department State Secretary, um, and came in to explain why we need to fund the aid to Ukraine. Uh, and I guess I'll start with part one, although maybe you could tell me if this is actually worthwhile playing, but we'll play it anyways because... Uh, what's your response to him and others here telling us, you know, 
This is also the same person that said fuck the EU uh, many years ago in response to handling the Russia situation in Crimea in 2014. So take what she says with a grain of salt? Well, no, take it with the sense that she is truly military industrial complex queen, right? Okay. okay. Head, head of the department, America first type personality, but really American industrialist, right? Yeah. First and foremost. Okay. America talks a good game. But right now we're stalled and it needs to remember it is the father, mother of, of democracy and freedom around the world. Well, thank you, Christian. That's the point that President Biden is making as well. And that 70 senators made just last week in passing overwhelmingly the administration's supplemental request, including $60 billion for Ukraine. So now the question is in the House of Representatives. And support for Ukraine across the United States is still strong. So we hope that representatives will reflect that in the way they vote. And it's strong not just because people understand uh, how brave and resilient Ukraine has been, but that this is not just about Ukraine. If we don't stop Putin in Ukraine, he will keep going. And autocrats and tyrants all around the world will take comfort and think that they too can chunk off a piece of their neighbor. So this is absolutely essential. Uh, is Wouldn't it, they do that anyways? What? The Was she saying, you know, if Putin succeeds, everybody who's basically like him will think, ah, oh, if he can do it, we can do it. Well, who else is there? Are they implying China? Yeah, Are they implying so. Iran? Sure. No, they're they probably, implying... no, they're probably implying China. Yeah. But couldn't they just do that anyways? If they really thought that they had enough power behind whatever... You know, enough force behind it. They would just do it regardless. Why would they wait for somebody else? If they felt that push, sure. That's yeah. fair. I mean, granted, it, you, they could wait until the U.S. drains their pockets on different wars and then strike. Uh, we'll just keep printing. That's, <laughs> that doesn't matter. It's it's all fake money. But yeah. but the point is of, of how quickly they'll portray. Well, it's if we don't stop them. Again, same point. If yeah. we don't stop them now. Who's going to? We they'll go through We won't stop them ever. What do you mean? No, it's, it's oh. if we don't do it. Mm-hmm. They will win, right? And tyranny oh, will 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 reign on everyone. Yeah. The others Part in two. the administration and supporters talking about the vital necessity. Listen to this. Listen to us. Like I'm about to play a two. Okay, so we got two of the three clips playing that I needed to explain, right? To the whole purpose of no one's addressed that. Yes, we need. They're running out of ammo, and Reuters did point that out, but. No one addresses that there's not anyone alive enough. There are not enough people to be alive in the sense to continue on fighting. Morale's low. They're moving inches to and from their original spots. Um, in reality, this is something that's much more cyclical and rather gross that that it's being portrayed in the news. So this is very interesting to me. And I watch, watch as we'll get to here. And then I got a DW Deutsche Welle clip from General Wesley Clark, which we've mentioned before. Um, more like a, a useful idiot, apparently, uh, in that sense. ...to do this. But as people say, hope is not a strategy. And do you have any actual belief or reason to believe that eventually uh, this bill will be paid? And if not, how are you going to make sure Ukraine gets vital weapons and ammunition? Tell us how. Christian, I have strong confidence that when the House comes back after they've been out in their districts hearing from the American people. And of course, the American public will say, please fund them. We need those them. poor souls. Those yeah. poor souls are going to suffer. Because that's all after they see. After they have heard from. No, they don't think that. <laughs> no, that's all they see. Who? That's all they hear about. The Who? U.S. Oh, citizens. Maybe. 
I, I don't even think that's truthful. You I, think it's played up? Yeah, I think I, so. I'm sure it happens because yeah, it is no, fighting. Uh, sure. Violence and sure. that. About half. About, I, think about think half I think about half. Yeah, this feels on par with any other issue. Left or right. It's like half believe they should, half believe they shouldn't. Yeah. And it's, that's honestly what it feels like. So not the whole Ukraine, American public. they have heard from Europe, which, by the way, just passed $54 billion in additional aid itself, that so we will behind. do what we have always done, which is defend democracy and freedom around the world, not just for victims of uh, tyrants like Putin. But Same person that put in uh, that put in a puppet government once, uh, once the president at that time fled to, to Belarus. Uh, because there was a coup happening through some NGOs that that was conducted by her. They're the spread of freedom and democracy uh, to all the right wingers. In our own interest in preserving a free and open international order. Yes. That's what we need to do. We've done it before. And by the way, we have to remember that the. Just wait. It's it's very good. I love it. Way we have to remember that the bulk of this money is going right back into the U.S. economy to make those weapons, including good-paying jobs in some 40 states across the United States. Hell yeah, brother. We're going we gonna to build us some, some AR-15s and send them, them boys the right way. We're going to fix them right. We're going to get paycheck. Woo-hoo! Just cue, like, the entire War Dogs movie. Yeah, sure. Oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah that's fun. Yeah, and then <laughs> ching ching Well, we get her, again rather staunchly very excited that this will be the the and they mentioned that in Lindsey graham in the 60 minutes episode that we played months ago uh this is a great investment for american manufacturers but specifically arms manufacturers uh and then here is general wesley clark of uh the same theory that we've always been talking about of the wesley clark seven seven countries and within five years at that time but regardless they've hit at least six out of the seven iran's the final piece uh, but since Congress is currently in in recession, in, in recess, uh, <laughs> they're out on the playground. Yes, there there won't be anything new happening other than potentially um, some Houthi rebels uh, bombing the shit out of uh, of of some of some oil tanker or a delivery boat. What are they called? Cargo ships. Cargo ships. Thank you. But here he is. I, maybe it's the old age. I, I I guess he's always just sort of said what's on his mind. I don't know. I, <laughs> see, when I heard that first clip of the Wesley Clark 7, I imagined someone that was sort of anti-war, and that's why he was on Democracy Now. Yeah. But it, he just sounds now that I'm hearing him again, sort of just saying shit out in the open, he just sounds like an idiot. Like, it just huh. why why reveal that information? It Yeah. I mean, when I first heard the seven Wesley 7 video, mm -hmm. it's like, how has he not been shot? Sure. <laughs> Just revealing this information. Here he is in uh, uh, in the Munich uh, conference, security conference that we mentioned earlier, where also uh, Alexei Navalny's wife was there, right, promoting the death of of Alexei Navalny, and as well as saying who the who the criminal is at the time. Uh, plenty of people. If you want to say Davos and 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 uh, and uh, 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 Klaus Schwab, who is a real enemy of the of the whole organization, is is at Sweden, you know, producing this this jargon of new world order. They're actually in Munich. They're all. I mean, it's it's that's the new Davos, right? The beer's great there. The Munich girls are pretty. Uh, prostitutes are cheap, probably because everyone's low on 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 cash. They're cash strapped. 
So here we here he was at the, at the conference <laughs> explaining his own issue with uh, with what Ukraine needs. But they also need time. Yes, time. They need training. They need to build their forces, develop their leadership. They need the support of the West politically, economically, militarily. They, of course, also need F-16 and right. also um, Taurus, Bullets. the German Taurus, do they? Yep. They certainly need long-range weapons. Hell yeah. They need air superiority. Not a dozen F-16s. But a thousand. They need several hundred yes. modern aircraft. And they need uh, not only the Taurus. Sounds like he's being given a list. He's, like, he's just they, reading off the they bullet points. Um, they need tanks. Wow, uh, what was next? Uh, uh, grenades. I don't know if you know anything, Savannah, of weapons. Uh, just, just say something that comes to your mind. What do you think? Long-range missiles. I thought you were going to say bullets. I was really hoping. Long-range bullets? bullets? <laughs> but other ballistic missiles. They need to be able to strike deep into Russia. Now, your country, the United States, is not passing that important package to help Ukraine. What is at stake here? So... You'll have to walk me through because I just found this. I just found this right before we started. Found this clip? this clip. Okay. You'll have to you'll have to listen and break down what the next thirty seconds are entailing because maybe I'm just too stupid right now to understand it. Okay. Because it's still fresh in my head. It it is maybe I'm overthinking it, and I hope otherwise this would ruin my whole my whole point. So I'm, I'm begging to myself that I did it right, or I'm hoping that I did it right. Okay. Well, I think the. Congress has got to pass this legislation to get the $60 billion of military assistance to Ukraine. Most of that money is going to be spent in the United States. Most of the hardware is already built and purchased by the U.S. government. So this is a reimbursement, really, to the U.S. government. And it will uh, then spend the money in U.S. defense industries for most of that $60 billion. Uh, but uh, until we see the exact components of it, I don't know if it's going to be what we need. So am I wrong to say that these were already pre-ordered? So I think he is. He the is purchase right. orders were I already made. I do remember seeing because I did look at the bill, or I looked at the part of the when it was conjoined with the border bill. Mm-hmm. It was the one bill together, yes. Yes. and I assume it is the same. They just split it in two. It did mention its reimbursement. So all of these have already been built. They've already been contracted out, um, but they haven't been paid for. And so I think the alternative is then they have to come from different departments. What do you mean departments? Like to pay for all of this if this funding doesn't get passed. Mm. They still have the shit. Right. They can still ship it over. Right. Ooh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, dude. So they can still ship it over. They just have it's to ready to pay go. For the, it. The, the, no, it, yeah, sure. No, but they can still ship it over. The the funding is that it is to reimburse. Yes. To pay the contractors Correct. who built it. Correct. But that money, if it doesn't get approved, it can just come from different departments. Right. Right. Oh, from the defense department itself. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I'm sure they'll find some way to like it's siphon like, off a bit. It's not like they haven't done an audit in since 9-11 about what, what yeah, the, what the, what numbers, the spending like, is. Yes. Whatever. They don't have any account of what's spent in there. We've all known that. It's okay. The contractors will get used again. There'll be more wars. So I'm not wrong. That was No, you you are right. I do remember seeing that it was okay. a reimbursement. It wasn't that it this is just a brand new f- process from the has Correct. nothing has done, been done with it. But again, you just can't help to feel that this was already, yes, I mean, it's already pre-planned in the sense that it's ordered, Yeah. but in the sense of anticipation that, well, it takes that away the from American the sense- taxpayer will cover 
for for the expense. Right? Sure. I mean, it takes away the sense of urgency. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Because it's yeah. like, oh, they need. <laughs> they already had this been, prepared. <laughs> yes, it's been phrased. If you have the funding, we can send the ammo. But mm. we already have it. <laughs> so we can just send it. And yeah. then they just have to figure out how to pay contractors later. But. We all know, Savannah, they're in dire straits. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky sounded the alarm today about Ukraine's shortage of ammunition to fight off the Russian invasion. He said Russian troops are taking advantage of U.S. delays in providing more military aid to Ukraine. President Biden again today criticized House Republicans for refusing to approve his request of $60 billion in military and economic assistance to Ukraine. But can they just ship it anyways? Like, do they actually have to wait until it's paid off or will contractors will give it over? It's the government saying we'll pay you. Oh, I don't know. Right. That, it's not like just say. some that doesn't sound purchaser. very business like. No, but I mean, if it's fighting the war for Ukraine, right? Here's the deal, man. This is something that I, this is not an idea of my own. This is more of a of just you kind of pick up the news and you read about it. Um, If Seymour Hirsch is correct in that. Uh, Ukrainian and Russian generals came to an agreement not so long ago, three months or four months ago, in the, in the extent that what kind of Putin wants to know, what kind of peace deal would you want? Because we're clearly we're clearly in a stalemate. Yeah, it's very evident because of the amount of deaths that have deaths that have occurred, and they're not moving any further. Yeah. it seems like it's, it's they're just dwindling down resources. Correct. If this is correct, which it certainly seems to be the case. Then why not push some final sales before the peace deal comes? So pass the funding. Pass the funding. And then have peace deals. This will end. They we they they well, know if they've already they, yeah. If they've they already, know it's it's going to end soon. They know that. So here we go. But they need to pay things off first. Sure, but they already knew in anticipation that this will get passed. It's going to get passed. Let's be honest. I don't know. People are not I, optimistic I really, about it. I really, I really doubt it's not. Okay. I mean, the timing of 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 this blogger, uh, the timing of the wife coming in and saying Vladimir Putin's to blame the day after Navalny died. Uh, supposedly. Supposedly. Yeah, that's a good point. Still, we yeah, we haven't really addressed if he's actually dead or not. Um all these scenarios, the the sort of fear tactics. I have a fear tactic for you. Again, okay, it's, it's, it's it's bananas to listen to because it only further pushes me to think that they're just trying to get us into believing that if you don't do this now, if you don't give me this final hit, then it's going to end, right? Because they know the deal is ending. They know that once Trump gets in, this goes back into the theory that if Trump gets elected, yeah, who already said prior to... And I, he's more notorious, as much as I have my gripes with him, he's more notorious of being somewhat a, a peaceful president rather than a, than than Obama or Hillary Clinton previously. Less likely to jump into something. Right. Correct. And so because. the money will end in that sense of military spending. Yeah, definitely. So if you have him go into office knowing very well uh, that we need to spend as much as we can currently because right now the money is raining free. Mm-hmm. While we can, might as well get a last bit in before these peace negotiations exist. I, I just, I find it hard to believe the, here, here we go. The Biden administration has long said that it will back Ukraine until the embattlement nations achieve victory. 
but now even it is admitting that the war will end in a negotiated settlement. That the best it can likely do is give Ukrainians a better hand for when negotiations begin. Wars, and these are all quotes, by the way, wars generally end up in negotiation of some kind, but we are not going to pick up that moment for Ukraine. We're not going to pick that moment for Ukraine, said Victoria Nuland. What? This is what Victoria Nuland said. And this was under, I think this is under the security, the Munich security conference that I mentioned to you about. This is just a quote. I couldn't find a clip of her saying that, but it was a, it was an NTD report that I guess an interview must've occurred. And this is where it came from. Ukraine. Okay. So I'll read this again. Wars generally end up in negotiation of some kind, but we are not going to pick that moment for Ukraine. Given the track history, given the track history of how they've initiated a coup, how they've controlled Ukraine in the most extreme measures to profit off of them. And you're not telling me it's a puppet state. And then, okay, so you're saying, and she's saying, we're not going to pick it for Ukraine. Ukraine will have the complete control. That's Russia not true, will though. Have... We both well, know that. Well, what is she implying with that, then? That well, what is, she, what is she trying to convince you that she's implying? That that it's a free and open democracy, which is what yeah. the clip that we listened to on CNN. So, but what she's really, based off her history that you're talking about, yes. is that they've controlled every aspect and, of it. And this, this no is way a, would they give up this last bit. It has to be. Okay, I can buy that. At the same time, Ukraine will make those decisions for itself. It needs to be a strong position. It needs to be in a strong position, and Putin needs to see that this uh, will just get worse from before he will move at all at the table. To date, Miss Victoria Nuland said Russian overturns to diplomacy have focused on the United States and wholly ignored Ukraine, with most offers suggesting that Russia ought to keep all of its territory it currently occupies. Uh, and then Putin, they, they go on and say their current offer is what they're looking for. And, and, and anyway. Okay. So they're saying she is implying that Ukraine has the ability. Sovereignty to make a decision for but themselves. But Ukraine, I mean, just look at this, that they're running out of ammo and they're reliant on the U.S. They are so dependent on the U.S. There's no way the U.S. does not control or have a very strong influence over this war. Agreed. And how it ends. Yep. And how the U.S. benefits from it. And, 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 and not only, hold on, here we go. Here's, here's just a quick one. If you can't give us, can't give us some financial support, okay. Okay. Okay, please. Okay. Give us a credit and we will give you back money after the war. If the corruption cases are true and he owns so many properties <laughs> yeah. around, around the globe, right? Okay. If the corruption is truly as 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 horrifying as I mean the fact that sixty minutes as CBS and or a CIA uh, a media department went on to say of how much corruption alone in the military armaments that exist in Ukraine during this time period, it I don't believe that this guy is exactly a pure saint. Obviously, he's not right. There's rumors of him doing cocaine. It'd, yeah. be, it'd be sick to know that he's also just just a horribly corrupt man. Even though if we, the we all know U.S. That. was a bank. His loan would be declined. <laughs> His card would be declined. Yeah. There we go. Um, so then, so there we go. If that's truly the case, and why not just end it with a little bit of, of fear mongering for, for not only the adults, which are idiots to begin with, that really freak out over this, but as well as the children. And this is DW Child Programming. 
NATO has started its biggest military exercises in decades in Europe. Operation Steadfast Defender will take place across much of Europe and includes troops from Sweden, which isn't even a NATO member yet. Sweden is also working... To this could also be a take on getting Sweden to join NATO, right, which has been predominantly a, a neutral nation throughout history. Um, mm -hmm. So, as well as that. Increased resilience on the civilian side. Many people fear what a war with Russia might bring to the country. Terry Schultz visited a school in Stockholm to find out more. Reading, writing and arithmetic aren't the only things Swedish children are learning at school these days. And now, some news about where people can seek shelter in case of war. Osa Lind started using news programs in her curriculum two years ago to open conversations. She's feeding them the news. We, we, She's feeding some fourth graders the news. We in the U.S. don't even have drills about what we you're did, supposed though. to do in war. Yes, we did. Well, not we in did? war. We did. We had. They no, had, it was a. There was, there was at one point where if there was a nuclear attack. Still, though, the, the like, same. The same. What do these children freak out about? Right. The the potential of being harmed. Yeah, and then they take that fear back okay, to their parents. So it's it's fear based. Let's just sure. it, it doesn't need to be specific. No, I'm calling it out. It's why why what is the sense oh, of I urgency see. to do, oh, okay. to do that with a child? Like it's programming. And now some feed him the same shit we're all we're digesting currently and have to swallow every day, right? Yeah, just, start him young. The things we want to do now that we're we're trying to pick up on in the news, watching it is constantly being fed to remind you that you're 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 under this constant stress. Granted. The, the economy is not exactly in tip-top shape, right? Well, it's more their stress. Sure, it's, that's their stress too. You, you keep them poor. And on top of that, you give them this inevitable fear that, that Russia or, or Iran is going to come and bomb the hell out of you. Or, yeah, the, or the Chinese the will take over. That's, that's the freak out. That's the messaging. Right, that is the messaging. About where people can seek shelter in case of war. Osa Lind started using news programs in her curriculum two years ago to open conversations with students worried about the implications of Russia's war on Ukraine. She also shares recommendations from authorities on how to be prepared for any emergency, something the government calls total defense. It's always been um, important to, to incorporate the kids' worries and their anxiety and try to... You're just building it up, though. Right. They wouldn't have those worries. And if, and and if the same anxieties. way the news sources we're portraying currently. Yeah. It, I don't think it's any different elsewhere. I think that's, that's yes, yes. Kids are not aware of anything unless you tell them. Mm -hmm. Like, they're not going to be worried about something unless you tell them they need to be worried about something. Especially a war when there's no signs of Sweden going to war. I love it. Wait. Them about the surroundings and what's happening in the world. But last month, when several top-ranking officials emphasized publicly that Swedes must prepare for war, the warning that made bomb shelters a headline, Lind says she saw anxiety rise. A lot of our young persons got worried and a lot of the adults as well. And as a teacher, you have to keep your own worries to yourself and just try to be, you have to be brave. Um, ordinary about oh. it and, and follow the routines and, and create a safe space in school for the kids. That seems to have worked for most of her students. We have to know what to do if it's going to be a war. I'm a little scared about that, but I don't feel like it's going to be a war in Sweden.
Bingo. NATO has started to. Bingo. There's, yeah, that kid's dead on. <laughs> that kid's dead on, he dude. Sees right through it. Sees right through it, but he's be, but he's his mind slowly being turned, yeah. slowly being in this panic state of of ah, this doesn't feel right. But everything I'm listening to and being told is that I might die tomorrow. Yeah, of course you're gonna be scared about it. Cause that's all I you're mean, hearing. But my like, God, that, that that's crazy. That's crazy, man. I, I I mean, it's not new. Right. Certainly it has. If you were to think about it long term, they've done this, uh, you know, Cold War era to really prop up the idea that you might vaporize. Right. Yeah. Red Dawn. Right. Great. Uh-huh. I love that 80s movie. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the idea that the Chinese are going to land in the middle of Montana is beyond <laughs> me. They just went over a Russians. Pardon me. Uh, no. Now it's I think it's the Chinese. In oh. The new one. Oh, yeah. Right. It has to they be. They kept it modern. Right. The idea that that you're that you're forced to believe that people actively are looking to kill you in yeah, a constant state always of fear. a threat, and, and something like nuclear too, which you have no control over. There's sure. no defense, whatever. It's just instant. I've, I've That's never, like the worst case. I've never been more impressed uh, so far as doing this together. You can hear in other programs, and that's fine. But in terms of like when you listen to that on like a on like just a young age basis, right? Just in that demographic of prop, you know, from first to seventh, to really till adulthood, as we found out in that one clip, mm-hmm. right? The idea, like, how quickly you can, uh, as someone who creates media, can can really shift the momentum of thinking for an individual. You 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 put in like Gaza, right? Which I think is a good segment into the next topic. Uh, putting in a, a crying baby. Uh, creating fake news, right? If we're if we're saying it how it is, uh, putting out uh, beliefs that babies were beheaded in Israel or in yeah in Israel, right? Yeah. No proof. The lady that that said it backtracked her tweet. A tweet. A fucking. We went off. We went off fear off a tweet. Uh, some lady who then erased it and said I got the facts wrong, but still in small print. In small print. So nobody knows. Nobody knows. Yeah. And so, and and then and then to get a whole side of people uh, spun up and angry and pissed off, and that we got to go in there, and and that's the best situation you can get, and get them to to feel like they need to hurt the other individual is bananas to me. Well, and and, and at that such we a young have to age, fund it. and we have to pay for it. Yeah. Gotta, that's mostly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we can segue into. Oh, yeah. Sure. Get even more riled up. I just find it absurd. So, what do you have about? You have any updates from? I know nothing. I the was Israeli. I was watching too much of the what I was seeing currently. I, this is all you, Bucko. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't have clips from this bit because it's just it happened, and there's nothing to really dissect that I could find. No, that's fine. It's just it's giving us a refresher. They're yeah. Us, so the just, last, just a little reminder. Yeah, just a little reminder. Yeah, so, a little tease. I mean, as we know, over the last several months israel had the idf has been um advising the palestinians stuck in the gaza strip the gaza gaza city to move further south incrementally right and then they just bomb them where they're moving to (laughs) so the latest one they're snug up against the egyptian border um in rafa and that's they've been told to move there and then israel is bombing them I told you I don't have clips for it. Oh, but you have Israel buffer zone, Al Jazeera. 
Yeah, no, no. So I, I'm getting there. I'm giving. Oh, okay. Background. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You told me to. I'm sorry. Go for it. So something. So that's all over the news. The Rafa bombings. Okay. What's not all over the news is something else that Israel is doing, which is um, building a highway through Gaza. You you did this. We went over this. How to say Gaza? Gaza. You said Gaza. Gaza. Okay, which one? TRT or the other one? TRT. Okay. Are they the same? Israel is building Whatever. a new highway in Palestine's Gaza that will run through the former Netzarim settlement and will effectively divide the besieged enclave into two parts, Israel's pro-government Channel 14 has reported. Being referred to as Highway 749, its construction will level all civilian infrastructure in its path, likely including the Turkish hospital which was operating a few weeks ago before being destroyed, Al-Aqsa University, two villages, amusement parks and acres of agricultural land. According to the report, Israeli forces are establishing this highway to deploy future military offensives in Gaza, as well as to prevent the movement of one million Palestinians in the south of Gaza back to their homes in the north. The report has sparked fears among many who say the construction of Highway 749 indicates Israel's plan to illegally reoccupy Gaza, contradicting the supposed stipulations of its long-term ally the US as part of its solution to the ongoing conflict, which includes no reoccupation of Gaza and no reduction of its territory. This report on Israel's post-war plans for the besieged enclave comes amid threats of a ground invasion of southern Gaza's Rafah. His voice is so monotone. I know. It's starting to kill it's me, dude. It's so boring. Oh he my got gosh. to the point. Yeah, okay. So there's a highway being built um, from uh, east to west. It splits Gaza I would hate to see north that dude. and south. I would really hate to see that dude just like upset. Yeah. Sorry. So this was originally reported by Channel 14 News, which I think is an Israeli news channel mm -hmm. um it was also confirmed by the israeli can you re-summarize what we just heard okay just to make sure so it's clear there is a highway a road being built <laughs> from that is splitting gaza city into north and south so okay. it just splits it in half completely all the way to the water like and to spread. the israeli border border Forty. The reasoning that Israel is given for building this, and they're like just straight shooting it, bulldozing everything in its path. Oh, wow. Cities, a hospital, a university, all of this just bulldozed for this highway. The reasoning Israel is giving is that they'll be able to um, transport military aid quicker into Gaza City, even though a highway takes multiple months mm. at the fastest to construct. <laughs> or years here and, in the U.S. Yeah. And then post-war, or, I mean, post-war, but until Hamas is, like, dealt with completely, they'll be able to uh, provide military surveillance. Wow. So, like, monitoring everything. Um, he mentioned that there's... Uh, uh, people are nervous about it, it, that meaning that people will be restricted. They won't be able to move into northern Gaza because of this highway. Mm. There'll be military presence from Israel. Military right, presence. Sure. So this was originally reported by Channel 14 News. It's confirmed by the Israeli Times, who also quotes the, the Wall Street Journal, too. Classic Jews. Love to boast. Yeah. Um, but nowhere else. Al Jazeera doesn't have it. Um, NTD doesn't have it. What? BBC doesn't have it. What? And it's called the Highway 749. 
is what it's going to be. Yeah, but titled. when was this announced? This was announced. They were talking about it like a month ago. Really? I think. Hmm. A month ago. Yeah. Okay. I don't know who's funding it though. Probably Israel. Yeah, but I don't know who's like contracted out. I don't oh. know if there's anything fishy there. No, it's no, it's probably straightforward. But <laughs> it's really, obviously not really going to be used for this burp, war. Huh? <laughs> Jesus. I'm trying to be <sighs> sensitive to the microphone. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's obviously not going to be used for this war, and they stated it's going to be for post-war mostly. But, like, why do they need to have surveillance, military surveillance, if their whole point of the war is to get rid of Hamas? Sure. So if it's post-war, there's no Hamas. Do you have a follow-up? Theoretically. Yeah, so another thing that Israel is doing is and this has been talked about for I think one or two months, maybe three months. I see Israel buffer zone Al Jazeera. Is that the Egyptian buffer zone? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm no. stepping on it. So you talked about the Israel or the Israeli Egyptian buffer zone along the Egyptian border mm-hmm. last week. This is along the rest of the Gaza Strip. Oh. So let's do Al Jazeera. Sorry. And there are concerns that the Israeli military is moving to take permanent control of areas along the border, establishing a so-called buffer zone. One kilometer wide and eventually running the entire length of the 65-kilometer Gaza-Israel border. There's been no formal announcement, but the Israeli military has already destroyed nearly 1,100 buildings in the northern part of the Strip, a move it says is necessary to provide security to Israeli communities on the other side of the border. Uh, we've been very clear. Um our opposition to uh, the forced displacement uh, of people. Um, We've been very clear uh, about um, maintaining, in effect, the the territorial integrity uh, of Gaza. The Israeli leadership appears to be ignoring the U.S. They want to move their borders forward into Gaza, destroying the lives of the people of Gaza. And that is, of course, very dangerous. And it should not be accepted, and it should not be allowed. Uh, add to that uh, the, another important factor, in my opinion, their talk about a buffer zone now is, uh, in a way, a recognition of their failure. The buffer zone could also be illegal under international law. Israel has already paved the path of destruction for the buffer zone, pushing Palestinians into an even smaller piece of land. But if the zone is established, it gives no way for Palestinians to return to the part of Gaza where their homes once stood. Well, it's not like there's anything there. Exactly. It's, it's all been bombed. It's all been bombed. But they haven't left the Gaza Strip yet. No. So if the buffer zones, so the buffer zone is it how it's being described as it's along the Israeli border, whatever borders Gaza, the Gaza Strip. And it's the one centimeter buffer zone that's on the Gaza Strip side. Mm-hmm. Or it's one kilometer. Um, And everything in that way has been supposedly bulldozed, mm-hmm. destroyed. Sure. Right. So they're saying that it's to move the border, encroach yeah. in the Gazan land, mm-hmm. um, and then restrict people's ability to move back in. Sure. But they didn't leave the buffer zone. Not like, They're all of still them. within that buffer zone. So how would that restrict mm. their movement? It, unless their house was in the buffer zone and got sure. bulldozed. Um, another thing is that. Yeah, is that then they're thinking Israel wants to claim more land, right? I don't think that's the case. Mm. I think that they're sectioning off the land. Oh, sure. I think that they're prepping it to be, like, contained. 
we we've we've not made it. in a security sense though like not in no, the sense of like never, oh it's threatening yeah no sure. i think they want to maintain control over it and establish israel as yeah because right now the gaza strip off, is yeah right now the gaza strip is is controlled by israeli government and the palestinian authority and hamas palestine the, okay sure it was yeah <laughs> and hamas whatever but the Palestinian Authority, that's the second guy that was on that. Yeah. They don't agree. <laughs> oh. And they were not a part of this. Right. Right? Is Israel doing this? So I think they want to set themselves up. And then with that highway splitting it in half. Sure. They have easy access to surveillance, everything, have access to take control over anything that's happening, especially rebuilding and resettling. Um, We could play the Fox one. Okay. Sounds good. As the fighting in central Gaza intensifies, Israel says it is working to create an informal buffer zone about a half mile wide along the border. Alex Hogan has more from Tel Aviv. The Israeli government reportedly considering a temporary buffer zone along the Gaza border to prevent militants from attacking Israeli towns and cities. Officials here say regardless of whether the zone is established, the goal remains the same. Israel will not give up on the destruction of Hamas the return of all the hostages, and there will be no security threat from Gaza towards Israel. Wow. <laughs> but they already have a border. Yeah. And it was already broken into. Yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so what is this extra kilometer of just empty land going right. to do? <laughs> they can see the bulldozer coming from farther away. like <laughs> Slowly come. Yeah, right. With... And, then, and then do what? Nothing. Right. That's <sighs> <laughs> So I think there's I think there's I think what's being expressed as the concern is not is not the case. I don't think that's going to happen. I no. think there's there's a deeper thing to it. And I think it's just Israel wants more control. They want they want to claim land, place a claim to it. But they they're already treading on the line of illegal stuff. <laughs> Let's I mean, if we're if we're also remembering that there is a trillion trillion tons of gas yeah liquid natural gas underneath gaza and that highway would make it very easy to transport gas out oh really yeah wouldn't it oh i guess so well we have a we'd have to know where exactly that gas well i imagine it's like oh sure that's a fair point i mean they can just make the piping over right underneath that buffer zone i guess yeah it's not gonna be impossible sure and we'd have to look into that that'd be fun sure and and like and okay and then looking at which places have been bombed, they're obviously not going to be removed into. I mean, they, they probably could. Everything, they probably though? could, but it would just it would it would blow. Yeah, I mean, the most destru- destroyed places are going to take the longest, so they yeah. may as well just bulldoze them mm. and mine for oil. Very interesting. <laughs> yes. 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 Uh, okay. Do you want to wrap it up, or do you want to do you want to go on to your final topic? This is all you pulling the start. The you're 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 the you're the caboose. I do have a fun one. Take us home, Bucko. Well, it's a fun topic. Come on, do it. Okay, have you heard of carbon capture? We've been over this. Don't. Uh, yes, we know. I know what carbon capture is. <laughs> okay. You don't have to play games with me. Let me introduce you to a company called Heirloom. In today's climate watch, we look at startup companies developing new ways to reduce planet warming CO two emissions. In our atmosphere, it's a process. No, what? Sorry, Planet Two. Replay it. Yeah, Planet Two. New ways to reduce planet warming CO two emissions 
in our atmosphere. It's a process known as carbon capture, which works just like it sounds, by trapping and storing the harmful byproducts of burning fossil fuels. He's the CEO of Heirloom Carbon, which just opened the nation's first commercial carbon capture plant in Central California. Trays of limestone tower 40 feet high, sucking in carbon dioxide from the air like a sponge. In nature, that process takes months. What we figured out is... Well, that already sounds better than the Dyson filter that they wanted to do. <laughs> well... <laughs> the world's largest air filter. Something, I'm serious. <laughs> that would just filter out. What would it do with the... That sounds so dumb. <laughs> yeah, it sounds really dumb. Yeah. It's a giant filter for the air. Yeah. So you know it's got... dumb when Rogan's like, Th that might work. <laughs> just vacuum the air. Let's just vac He's right. He's got a point. Just great. Vacuum Keeps my house out. clean. Let's oh keep God. the earth clean. Whoa, dude. Okay, sorry. I ruined that. So limestone. Yeah. Huh. How to do that in, in about three days. So when CO2 molecules pass by, we're just gobbling up that CO2 molecule. The CO2 is separated out and will be injected into rock formations underground, like at this facility, so it can no longer warm the planet. So you acknowledge that this is very small compared to the scale of the problem? 100%. We need to build plants that are a thousand times larger than this, and we need to build a thousand of those. <laughs> so so I, I learned, um, and I don't know, maybe you know this and it's obvious, but I learned the carbon cycle of the world. We should have a segment. We need to. We need I know. A, I wanted to have a little intro. We need like a little intro. Savannah, Savannah learned. learned something. Oh, my God. Savannah educates you on stuff everyone should know. So how carbon cycling. So the whole, the whole argument against fossil fuels is that because the world, Earth, is a closed system, meaning everything we will ever have. Like uh, all the carbon we could ever have in the world is already here. Mm -hmm. It's just in different forms. So before fossil fuels were mined, they were stored under Earth. So all that carbon was enclosed under Earth. Yeah, permafrost and various yeah. other so things. So it wasn't sure. it wasn't out in the world. Yeah, okay. Sure. Or in the air. Yeah. Then as you mine it and you you use it, the carbon is released. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now all of that carbon that was in the earth is now transferred solid to the air. To a, yeah, to a gas. Is the argument. Sure. So what they're wanting to do is trap that carbon into limestones and bury it under the ground. Yeah. So just like. Yeah, I've heard of that Finish before. it out. Yeah. Is that true though? Because <laughs> yeah. I, I don't believe that's actually. Um, I don't know if it's going to work. Yeah, sure. It sounds I like I mean, a for sweet... what they're trying to say. Right. Or, okay. If we're going to go way... under the assumption that, that climate change is a big scam, then let's just assume it's a scam. Well, okay. So that's, and this sounds like a really great way to profit from it. Yeah. Another thing is, um, just to keep in mind, is that they also can uh, trap the limestone in concrete. Oh, sure. I read that. And yep. they are also partnered with Microsoft. To as an offset, so this their their oh, profit structure. The, the, yeah. Uh -huh. How do they run? Uh -huh. They profit or they partner with companies to offset that company's carbon emissions. Yeah, yeah, a little, so, little trade agreement. Yeah, so Microsoft. Oh. So they partner with Microsoft. I think it was one of their bigger partnerships. Tell me, I have and they're a startup too. Clip? You got a clip with the Microsoft? No, yeah. there's no clips. It was oh. just a news article. Oh, it was okay. an announcement. Um. And they offset their carbon, which I don't even understand. They just trap their carbon that they made. That's smart. Aren't you just keeping it neutral then? Yes. Like you're not adding anything. You're not taking away anything technically. I guess not. Because you're adding and taking away sure. the same amount. That's That sounds dumb. And there's another company too called Graphite. 
if these are identical stories, I'm going to be wowed. Well, this is through the same CBS interview. They're introducing the two companies. Uh, there's nothing plain. What? Nope. There's nothing plain. And we're back. Savannah screwed up with the clip. I just we we've already done this twice already about the Savannah. We were back and Savannah screwed up with the clip. But I just thought it'd be a good time to remind you again because we have to edit this multiple times now. Uh, Savannah screwed up and got the wrong clip. So here we are, take three. Thank you. Welcome back to CBS Mornings. In today's Climate Watch, we look at startup companies developing new ways to reduce planet warming CO2 emissions in our atmosphere. Senior national and environmental correspondent Ben Tracy visited the startups leading the way in developing these technologies. So you got a lot of space here. Yeah, absolutely. At this warehouse in Arkansas, a startup called Graphite is taking leftover material from timber and rice mills and locking away the carbon dioxide that plants naturally remove from the atmosphere through photosynthesis. This is 50% carbon. 50% carbon in that material right there, and it's dry, and because it's dry, it won't decompose. Before the material releases its stored carbon, graphite turns it into bricks, wraps them up, and buries them underground at sites like... <laughs> what? This feels this one, so stupid. Oh, my God. ...football fields. So this is where carbon goes to die? Exactly. It's going into the ground and it'll stay here forever. No fucking so way. I looked into this company, okay? What? A little more background. Yeah, please. So they take... Oh, this is great. ...the leftover material from timber and rice mills. So this is wood. <laughs> oh, my wood Lord. Wood scraps. They break it down. They dry it out because I, I don't know what... And they dry it out and they turn it into bricks. Those bricks are then put into, quote, environmentally friendly, impermeable bags. I don't know why it would matter. They dry it out so it doesn't decompose, so then it doesn't release the gas. But if it's in an impermeable bag, why would it matter if it decomposes? The gas is not escaping anyways. Then they bury it underground in a giant lot. This lot is the same size as 30 football fields. And it's just bulldozed over and they just shuffle dirt. And then this lot is monitored 24-7 to make sure the bricks don't walk away. What? And undig themselves. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but legitimately, what is their fear? I have no idea. On their website, they just have... They boasted about how they have top Yeah, security. the land is monitored 24-7. Pro probably probably to they make sure there's no escaping of the, of the carbon okay sure. carbon but then they don't trust their bags <laughs> <laughs> or the drying out <laughs> um, yeah. it's wow. also guess who funds it who the breakthrough energy venture guess who that's headed by i don't know bill gates nice oh that's cool <laughs> dude they're making some money hey yeah my hat's off to him. Yeah. Bill so Gates, they just, baby, you've made some sweet dough. Th it, this is just a way to sure. toss money around. Sure, sure. And also, and then it's the same thing. They, they company American Airlines, or I think it's American or it's Alaska oh, partnered. Airlines, partnered with Graphite to offset the That's carbon. awesome. They're not, they're not um, reducing anything they're doing. No. They're just paying some company to bury bricks. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Also, Dang it. I wish. Oh, dang do it. Do I have it? Dang damn it. Oh, okay. The next clip. Oil and gas. Yes. This is the end of the interview. Better play. Would you game. take money from an oil and gas company that wants to offset their emissions? 
I'm just not going to answer that question right now. That leaves it open that maybe you would. I believe in solving climate change. Isn't that the point, though? Wait. Oh, sorry. Just finish and it. I am encouraging the fossil fuel industry to do everything they can to, uh, you know, reduce uh, their emissions. So, hey, this explains when uh, when we watched that uh, that that climate fools conference in Dubai. Fossil fuels. Yeah, fools. I said that. Yeah, f fossil fools. Yeah. Episode thirteen callback. Um, where they all met in Dubai. Uh-huh. And then Shell. Oh, what the hell is that conference name? Oh, they had oh uh uh Stall for me, please. Something, COP twenty eight. You're right. Yeah, COP twenty eight where the oil and gas and they administrations have all these side came deals. In. Shell and right. Yeah. And even the BBC went oh, damn it. it, it I don't so, have chapters would have been nice for that. Oh yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, so that was the graphite CEO saying, "My God, I re And then the, it's in the last couple of seconds, the heirloom CEO also said the same thing. Oh, really? Yeah, it, which goes to show you that this is just a way of tossing around money. These whores they don't give a shit about climate change. They're whores. They don't care about carbon emissions. Whores. They don't care. <laughs> they just want money. They'll take it from anywhere. Wow. I thought that was crazy. That's fun. Yeah. I like that. Also, um, with the concrete, with the heirloom before, concrete is another, the, the production of cement, which cement is used to make concrete, mm -hmm. is a, a cited as another area of high carbon emissions. Oh, really? So the fact that heirloom is using, putting their carbon in concrete, which then would up the manufacturing of cement. Sure, sure. That just seems kind of roundabout. And if there's really an actual... Uh, um, also, yeah, what are the studies that this right. is actually effective? Yeah, yeah, sure. They just got a lot of money. They just got backed by all of these... Well, they're... they're organizations. Yeah. Anyways. That's fun. Yeah. That was my wow. fun little climate All right, that was fun. Topic. That was good. Yeah. You really, you really should have a... a, a Savannah learns something. A jingle something. of some sorts. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. We have to think of that. We should make one of our friends do that. That'd be fun. Yeah. Do you have a fun clip to close this out? With? <sighs> I'm looking for one. Um, I think there's some good ones out here. We'll go with uh, we'll go with some fun news first, if you'd like. How does that sound? That's fun. Yeah, I think so too. I could do with some fun. All right, there we go. This morning, rising food prices are taking a bigger bite out of household budgets. The Wall Street Journal reports Americans have not spent this much on food in 30 years when George H.W. Bush was in office. But there are reasons to be optimistic about our economy. And Terminator 2 was in theaters. Stay here. I'll be back. In 1991, consumers spent 11.4% of their income on food. And today, the latest data shows that figure at 11.3%. Egg prices were back up again. Meat products also saw some big jumps. Also, uh, carbonated beverages, uh, sodas, uh, soda prices jumped a lot. Things that uh, we all enjoy where uh, prices are jump still jumping. Overall, inflation has... Soda, man. They got soda. Damn. Damn, God damn, poor guy. <laughs> cooled in the past two years, but grocery costs are stubbornly high. Experts blame several factors, including higher labor costs and record low cattle numbers driving up the cost of beef and steak. In some cases, it's strong demand. In other cases, a limited supply. Uh, other cases, weather events. 
uh, you know, it's uh, a mixed range of factors that are driving the pricing. Or you've included restrictions to make uh, farming a, an issue just like Europe. Yeah, which shocker drives oh, up God. food prices. Grocery prices rose 1.2% last month compared to the same time last year, but the cost of eating out in restaurants surging much higher by more than... Or you get during the pandemic, right, when, when food prices were expensive, just the fact that grocers knew that government was going to supply everyone with a, with a monthly... So they and since the it price. was free money, they just upped the price. Why not? Why not? Five percent. The good news: analysts expect some relief in the coming months. While prices are rising for food, uh, they're rising at a much slower rate than they were a year ago or two years ago, and I, I would expect that to continue. California is a state with the highest food prices. Households there spend an average of two hundred and ninety-eight dollars per week on groceries. A week. That would be like if you, and you went I to Whole Foods only. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, that's a fun one. Okay, I got... Uh, I mean, <laughs> the context was not fun. <laughs> I thought that was fun. I was I was. Well, it was just funny because I remember... One. No, because it's just funny because you get to hear the politicians be like, it, it, it'll it change, it'll get better. Well, yeah, you Don't worry about it. It's just a bump in the road. It's really high. It's going to continue to be high, but like it'll it'll work out. <laughs> My God, and then we get, and then we get at the same time how we're we're toying at the hearts and minds of the American public uh, to to buy Fun some bullets, war, but can't afford groceries. Can't afford groceries. Okay, I got two more. New video overnight shows what appears to be a meteor streaking across the sky over Maryland. It was last seen last night from Virginia to New York. There's that one. Fun meteor story. Yeah. Yep, and then the kicker, the final, the final, uh, uh, the the chocolate on the on the whipped cream. All right. <laughs> All right. This is a story that I've been thinking about. I was talking to Tony during the I commercial thoughts, about it. You have thoughts? Yeah. So a man is suing Powerball organizers in Washington D.C. over a three hundred and forty million. <laughs> I can't believe it. Three hundred and forty million dollar mistake. Oh, what? Court papers show John Cheeks is suing the company that operates the lottery website after it posted the wrong winning numbers online. And he had those numbers. He had those numbers. <laughs> Cheek says on the morning of January 7th, 2023, he was led to believe he'd, <laughs> he'd become an overnight multimillionaire. Of course you would believe that. Yeah. You saw the numbers on the website. When he went to redeem the ticket, denied. The company he's suing says it was an accident and removed the numbers three, three days later. Days later Three days later. Cheek's lawyer says their client is entitled to the entire $340 million prize. Give it to the man. Or give it to Ukraine. <laughs> oh, there we go. Okay, well. Okay, well, with you, that. You know what? Wait, wait. Before we close. You know, Israel is part of that foreign funding bill, right? Mm -hmm. What if it's paying for the highway? <laughs> that would be crazy. Why has nobody mentioned how badly Israel needs it? Ooh. Why is it only Ukraine? It also, Taiwan is part of it too. Right. Why has nobody mentioned how badly they all need it? Why is it just Ukraine? Mm, that is very interesting. Uh, could it be? I don't know. I don't know that there's an answer. Oh, you just want to leave it at that? Well, I mean, it could go in with your peace deal, like your negotiations theory. Yeah, but it doesn't align with. That they have to pay off all this stuff that they've 
produced and maybe they haven't produced anything for Israel yet. Oh, so are they being, oh, so are they being quiet about the other two? Yeah, none of them are bringing it. Sure, that'd be fun. Like it's not just Ukrainians involved. That's a good point. That's all that's being mentioned is how bad the Ukrainians it. So maybe it's, that's the easiest one to tug at because it's it's like the one that. especially with Navalny. Yeah, and it's also in the case that. uh, And the two year anniversary. it's It's not as political. How about that? Yeah, it's very bad guy. Right. Bad guy, Russia. Yeah. Right. It's very clear versus Israel. Like even some conservatives think as Putin is like just this monstrous man. Yeah, but the protest, there's sure. no protest for Ukraine. Right. There's no call it there's no there's no they them out there. Yeah. Calling it, for a giving it their university all. president to be Queen for Palestine. Resigned. Yeah. Wow, that's a good point. Yeah. Anyway, and then, it's something to What about the Chinese then? How do they come with Taiwan? Mm. Yeah, exactly. You don't hear anything about Taiwan. But what's the? But why not use Taiwan and China? I guess they have. That that's another kind of not so politicized kind yeah, of bad kind guy. Of, yeah, they have. You don't really hear anything about it. Mm. It's not front and center. I guess just pay attention to it. That'd be fun. Yeah. Okay. Can I can I let us go now? Yeah, let's close it out. If you've enjoyed this show. <laughs> What are you reading an erotic novel out loud? <laughs> you enjoyed my high pitched voice. This is nighttime radio. And Savannah's burping. Lack thereof. Plenty of burping. I just want to let you know that we really appreciate you and everything you've done. You spent your time <laughs> listening to us trying to figure this shit out. <laughs> and for that. You are. You have our hearts. You have our hearts. <laughs> you have our minds. We'll do, well, if we had the money, we'd donate to you. <laughs> yeah. My name's Jorge. <laughs> My name's Savannah. And you've listened to Just Bloods, episode eighteen. <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs>